Hello from the Pacific Northwest. This is Kristen from KristenWombach.com, and you're listening to Intentional Now podcast. More people than ever are asking the question, how do we find ourselves on the resurrected side of Jesus? In this show, I discuss what's really on the other side of the torn veil, ascending into heaven, and how does our sonship fix the heart of creation? If you're like me, Jesus has redefined what you used to say yes to. Join me and my guest in a workshop discussion that proclaims, we are not nailed to the cross or dead in the grave, but fully alive and resurrected in him. Let's do this. How is your week doing? How are you doing? (laughs) I know. I always say that in the introduction, right? Just like, oh my goodness, there you are, Kristen. It's like our moment together that we get to go, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. And look at this. This is great. So I encourage you in the greatness of Jesus Christ in you that, hey, we are moving and shaking it, right? I know I'm a bit fired up today. Are you ready? Okay. I hear some of you saying, all right, just let me have it. I need a little firing up today too. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to accomplish that. Welcome, welcome. If you are a new listener, oh my goodness, you are in for just a blessing. You are in for a blessing. And together, my listeners and I, we just stretch what was truth that we used to understand and stretch it and go, oh, this is the love and the goodness of God. Amen. Okay. So today's takeaways and honored endorsement. And what is the difference between revival and reformation? Reformation. Filtering Filtering opinions. opinions. Your dreams dreams are endorsed. endorsed. This is Discovery Discovery Series series number 24. And here here we go. go. You yourselves are all the endorsement we need. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit. It's not chiseled in stone, but it is carved into human lives. And we published it. And he published it. That's 2 Corinthians 3, 2 and 3 from the message. God has published it. And that is you, him living and breathing through you. So I'd like to tell you a story that I carried in my heart for mm, 10 years or so. And I know that many of you will be able to relate to my story. So together, we're just going to have a big amen together, right? So with this story, I'm going to remind you and I of the power and powerful dreams and hopes that we each carry inside of us. And that this is the endorsement we are talking about today. What you carry on the inside of you is endorsed by God. Amen. 
So your endorsement is to believe the impossible because Jesus Christ, all the possibilities have become unveiled in our oneness in him. Unveiled. Amen. Just totally unveiled. Christ himself wrote yours and my endorsement, not with ink, but with God's living spirit. So in the mere Bible, in my study, in my setting my heart to hear what he was speaking for us this week, the word endorsement is found 225 times. I am listening, 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 listening. So what I did is I picked some of my favorites to share with you today. Okay. In him dying humanity's death, he brings closure to every lie that we believed about ourselves. He brings closure. Mm -hmm. They are closed. And in God, co-quickening us in his resurrection, he powerfully introduces us to the redeemed life of our design. I'm going to say that again. And in God, co-quickening us in his resurrection, he powerfully introduces us to the redeemed life of our design. (laughs) Now, with every definition of the veil removed, yep, there we go, that veil is removed, we may behold him as a mirror and discover and celebrate our own completeness endorsed in him. (laughs) Now this one, I think, well, this one's my very special favorite one. So it's from Mary's glorious song of praise found in Luke. Her agreement, think about it, her agreement with the impossible dream of conception birth, maturity, and the ultimate gift of her son to you and me. In Luke 1.48, it says, I am so aware of God's favorable gaze upon my life. Even though I am a handmaid of no prominent social standing, from now on, his favor will be endorsed in every birth and his blessing will be evident for all generations to realize. And that is what you and I are doing. We are realizing his endorsement on our birth, his endorsement on our blessing, and it is evident, right? He endorsed our redeemed innocence in his resurrection. He has drawn us to himself and rescued us from every definition of judgment. Every one of them. In 2 Timothy 2.11, says the logic of God endorses our faith. We were included in his death and are therefore equally included in his resurrection. God endorses our faith. Ah, he just puts a stamp on it and says, yes. So, found in the pages of the unfinished book, I'm going to share with you some really heart moments here. So, I wrestled with religion and the hunger of truth. And it's just found all throughout. That is my journey. That is my story. But I wanted to share a 
a powerful truth that I learned. When you hold your dreams in fellowship with him, (laughs) he will put people in your path to confirm those dreams, to speak into those dreams. (laughs) He will put people in your path to confirm them. Yes. So just a little bit of word of wisdom. And how did it become a word of wisdom? Because I experienced both sides of it. (laughs) The right side and the wrong side. The left side, the right side, right? Because it is now wisdom because I have experience in it. (laughs) I have you laughing, right? So we have a responsibility. That's you and me. So it's my responsibility, your responsibility. That's something that we grow into and it becomes a wisdom. We have a responsibility to filter opinions and put up a wall to negativity. I know I have you listening now, don't I? (laughs) I'll say it again. We have to be responsible to filter opinions and to put up a wall of negativity. And sometimes that in that filter is that we really just govern our mouth. So our mouth is not asking for opinions from the wrong individuals. Mm -hmm. So I have a quote for you. God gave you the vision and the people around you may not see it or support it until you accomplish it. I know that one has walked with me for quite some time. God gave you the vision, gave me the vision. He gave me the dream, gave you the dream. And the people around us, even the people who love us the very most, may not see it or support it. Now, how does it, let me, let me pull this apart. How does somebody support something that they can't see or they can't grasp? Right. That is the importance of us accomplishing it. And God gave it to you and me. We hold it. We carry it. He's the one who speaks to our hearts about it. Mm-hmm. So I honored one of the voices in the unfinished book. Yes, the first page, the first endorsement. This is where some of those wisdoms came from. And this is one of my testimonies from within my book that came to pass. So I honored Pastor Tommy Barnett. He's author, co-pastor of Dream City Church in Phoenix, founder and co-pastor of the Los Angeles Dream Center. Mm -hmm. So back in the days, this is many years ago, 15, 20 years ago, let me set it up for you here a little bit. It was back in the days where women in leadership went as far as the worship tree. I heard you. You said, amen. I know what you mean. So I knew in my heart, and I know that many of you listeners know this truth clearly. I knew that God had given me a voice 
an outspoken voice. <laughs> and then I was supposed to share that voice and stand behind the pulpit. Yeah. So God spoke to me continuously all the time regarding this. I had dreams and visions, and I just knew this about myself. It was a truth. God isn't a respecter of person. And I knew that we were made equal in the oneness in him and that every punishment or perception from the fall had been eradicated in Jesus. So, on my own time, I traveled to a pastor's conference to Phoenix First Church where I heard a man, one who had a history of getting the church to wake up and listen. Remember those, those people that God brings into your path to speak into your life? He was one of them. Today, he is about 84, right? 84 years old. But let me ask you this question regarding opinions. So we ask for opinions from people hmm, all the time. I ask opinions of myself. I ask opinions of God. I have some thoughts to put around that. Has the person achieved an impossible dream? Have they brought forth a merit? Do you admire them on what they have contributed? Is the measure of risk in their life changing humanity around them? Mm-hmm. So I ask myself that, and this is one of those wisdoms that I had to learn and to grow in, who I am asking for opinions regarding what Jesus has put in my heart. So today, Pastor Barnett is 84 today, but at the age of 60, and this is what I knew of him when he spoke into my life. At the age of 60, Pastor Barnett ran across the Mojave Desert to raise funds needed to open the Dream Center. It took him 19 days, the equivalent of running a marathon each day. Well, from that, they raised the amount needed to make a down payment on the building that is now the Dream Center today. It's an amazing story, right? So this is the endorsement from the unfinished book. I give it a place of honor, and now you know part of its history. That Pastor Barnett was one of the people who spoke into my life when those words were far and few between in the church at that time. Let me share with you what was said. Many of us have had an opportunity to touch revival in our lifetime. Few encountered a reformation. The unfinished book in its earliest stage crossed my path a little over 10 years ago. Kristen wrote me a letter asking if I would read and consider endorsing her first unfinished book. Well, I responded with a massive yes. Many intervening years passed, but she hung on to that letter of hope. That same request copied and mailed to me 
resurfaced as she crossed the finish line, removing the un to her finished work. I'm inspired by her journey as if she had met Martha Luther, Martin Luther himself somewhere in the page's pen. She has wrestled and nailed many theses upon the door of what we call church. Her text will challenge the established boundary line of eternity with experiences that could only be authored by the master. The race she has run is one that I'm honored to be part of. Pastor Tommy Barnett. Mm, Such a treasure. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions from in there, from this place, this story of mine that I'm sharing. Because remember, when we open a story, it's a testimony. We open the door and that atmosphere is alive to us. The opportunities, all the the resources, the faith, heaven is just open to us at that point. So I'm going to get on my soapbox just a little bit here and ask a couple questions that I see within this endorsement. What is the difference between revival and reformation? Do we know? So let me pick this apart just a little bit. Revival is the act of reviving or the state of being revived. Renewed attention to something, renewed performance or interest in something. A Christian religious meeting held to inspire active members of a church party. Renewed pursuits. It's a revival. Now, what's a reformation? Hmm. An improvement or an intended improvement in the existing form or condition of institutions or practices intended to make a striking change from to better in social and political and religious affairs. Mm-hmm. Improvement. So let's some thoughts. I have some thoughts here for us today regarding that. Honestly, you and I were talking here. Between the two, revival and reformation, which one does the church need? I hear you thinking. (laughs) So are we not individually responsible to sit down at the table of communion? And does communion revive? Hmm. Does the church require improvement on the existing form or condition of its institutions? Ah, I know. I've got you thinking here. Good. Yeah. I like those questions. I like to think. So I'm going to share again. I am inspired by her journey as if she has met Martin Luther himself somewhere in the pages penned. (laughs) At this time, when I began this book, I began from the piano bench of the worship team on my way to the pulpit. (laughs) I can say today... I have met Martin Luther 
Only a reformation of thought could state such an account, right? 15 years ago, I, I wouldn't have believed it had Jesus brought it straight to me. But today, only a reformation of thought could have state and state such an account. Yes, that I've met him in the cloud of witnesses. <laughs> so two things I learned by meeting Martin Luther. And there are two stories, two experiences, encounters that have totally changed my life. And now I can see and with all faith, I can look at what I wrote and go, absolutely. I can relate to him when he wrote and he put 95 theses on the door of communication saying, hello, hello, hello. I don't agree with this and we need to question it. <laughs> A man after my own heart. A couple of stories for you, right? So these are spiritual encounters that Jesus led me on. So again, the door is open. And I just encourage you, just allow Holy Spirit to touch your heart. And yes, they are in my heart memory here. They're off script. I don't need a script to remember them because they're living inside of me. The kingdom of heaven is alive in each one of us, in you and I. So I asked, I had written the first chapter of the unfinished book, actually written all of it. And I asked very dear friends if they would read through the manuscript. And they all came back and said that chapter one needed to be redone. Okay. So I read through it and I just went, well, God, if I'm going to quote the man, I should meet the man. <laughs> true, right? If I'm going to quote him and I'm going to set up that whole thought of if you want to change the world, then, then, you know, get your pen out and write and change and speak and open your mouth, right? So I asked Jesus, I'd like to meet Martin Luther. That was the only way that I knew that I could change chapter one and get it to come from within me by having a relationship with the man that I admired. So it was over a course of time and um, I found myself in the spirit and I was led to um, a set of doors and Jesus opened the doors and and it just looked like this huge sanctuary. And I remember Jesus sitting me in the front row. And I sat in the front row and I just waited. And I waited for a couple of days um, in the spirit. I just waited. I went, hmm. And, you know, I could describe the the inside of the sanctuary. I knew it was old and and uh, very European, but I sat there in the spirit waiting for, for Jesus to take me to the next portion. Well, somebody tapped me on my shoulder, and it was Jesus, and he introduced me and said, this is Martin Luther. Wow, okay, <laughs> wonderful. 
And then Jesus proceeded to invite me and he goes, come here, Kristen. And there was this, oh, this tall swirl. I'm trying to explain it from a point of the spirit because after you've encountered, then you go, oh, that's what it is. But Jesus invited me to walk to the top of what I know today is Martin Luther's pulpit in the church in Wittenstein. And so Jesus invited me to go and stand at the top in the spirit. And when I stepped forth to do that, I took off my shoes. And so I walked to the top of it. It was interesting. There was a collection of different shoes that were, that were in the curvature of the pulpit. So I went and I stood in Martin Luther's pulpit. And this is what I saw. So I looked outside. I was in his time and his era. And I looked outside at the community in the neighborhood and the people that were walking in the streets. And they were all covered with this black shroud. There was this darkness over them, like a shroud, like a blanket pulled over them. So I, I, I took note of this. And then I walked down the steps of the pulpit and I, and I, I shared that with Jesus. And he goes, uh-huh. And then Jesus says, no, I want you to go back up into his pulpit. And when you go back up into his pulpit, I want you to look on the timeline in present day. Okay, I can do that. So I climbed back up into the pulpit and I looked from my eyes of faith on the timeline present day. And I looked at the community and the neighborhood and the people around and I went, huh, they're still covered with that same covering of the shroud of death. Okay. So I remember coming down from the pulpit and I was very honored to be able to do that. And I talked to Jesus and he said, I said to him, I go, well, how come the people of the community in the neighborhood, they are both, doesn't matter the time frame from Martin Luther's time or today, that the church is still covered with the shroud of death. Hmm. Well, Jesus clearly said to me, he goes, well, they are in their thinking. So I want to invite you to um, re-listen to episode number 73, Don't Give Up, Keep Going. And I share a couple of encounters where I went into Sheol. So this is information on encounters of how that Jesus changed my own personal thinking and my own personal doctrines about death. So Jesus came and he overcame sin and death. And if he overcame death and were resurrected in him, not if, then why is the shroud of death still covering us? as a church. So that is how I learned that 
there were untruths that were sown into the doctrines of the gospel. I learned that on a journey, and I learned that by standing in the pulpit of Martin Luther. That's one of the things I learned. Well, in this particular time frame, when I was writing and changing chapter one of the unfinished book, I also learned this from Jesus and Martin Luther. So I found myself, and I was again sitting in the front pew of what I know today is the church in Wittenstein. I think I'm saying that correctly. And, um, oh, it was just a real transparent and a heart searching time. And I was sitting in the front pew and then it's interesting how in the spirit's like a movie. You can actually watch your spirit act out something and you go, oh, it's interesting. <laughs> and I saw my spirit and I, my spirit went up and I laid prostrate on the in on the altar there in Martin Luther's church. I remember laying prostrate with my hands out and and I was laying there on my face. And then I saw Martin Luther on the left side of me. And then I saw Jesus on the right side of me. And I my spirit and my understanding just seem to know, I go, well, we're in the position of the three crosses on Calvary. I, I just knew this. And then I asked the question, I go, why am I in the center, in the position that I would put Christ in? Uh, and that was my question. Why am I in this position? And Martin Luther on the left and Jesus is on the right. Well, after this encounter, I asked Jesus, why did it occur like this? And what he said to me is Martin Luther was on the left. And that was what my understanding knew as the thief who was promised paradise from Jesus that day. And Jesus was on the right because he was positioned as the lamb that was slain. And I was in the center because it represented my death, Jesus Christ in me, my death and my resurrection, my death on Calvary. That is why I experienced the grace to experience the encounter of my death in him on Calvary. And that is what I experienced and learned when I met Martin Luther. Martin Luther in his church. The, he's the grace man. He's the one who wrote about grace. <laughs> and I know I hear many of you listening that, that need to hear, hear this. Because we've believed 
that there are established boundary lines and your dreams and your visions and what God has called you to do are changing those established boundary lines on what is possible in your life. And I'm here to say, keep going, keep going because they're changing. You yourself, you are the endorsement that you need. Jesus Christ has endorsed you and what you encounter and what you see and what you carry. (laughs) And when I was writing it, when I was writing it, and I asked again, I need to know these things. And so he introduced me to the man that could speak into my life, to the man who I was honored to write about. Let me share it with you one more time. I'm going to read it directly from my book. Yes. Many of us have had an opportunity to touch revival in our lifetime. Few encountered a reformation. The unfinished book in its earliest stage crossed my path a little over 10 years ago. Kristen wrote me a letter asking if I would read and consider endorsing her first unfinished book. I responded with a massive yes. Many intervening years passed, but she hung on to that letter of hope. I still have it today. That same request copied and mailed to me resurfaced as she crossed the finish line, removing the un to her finished work. I'm inspired by her journey as if she had met Martin Luther himself somewhere in the pages penned. (laughs) She has wrestled and nailed many theses upon the door of what we call church. Her text will challenge the established boundary line of eternity with experience that could only be authored by the master. The race she has run is one that I am honored to be a part of. God brings people on our path and on our journey to speak into our life at just that moment that we need to hear it, to help us to believe it. You and who you are and what you carry on the inside of you is endorsed. Your very life is a letter that anybody can read just by looking at you. Christ himself, he wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit. It's not chiseled into a stone, or, but carved in your life. And I'm here today to speak to you, to believe, to publish that dream that is inside of you. To publish it whether it's in book form, life form, build form, create form, publish it so that others around you can see and believe. (laughs) 
thank you so much for walking through those pages again with me today. It, it's an endorsement that is so precious to me. You are an, an endorsement that is so precious to me because we're here communicating and communing together. <laughs> I know I got you thinking. I love it. I got me thinking. <laughs> it has been my honor and pleasure to speak with you today, to ask some really good questions and to share with you the wisdoms, experiences, encounters that Jesus shares with me to share with you on our journey of changing and becoming the reformation that God called us to be. I bless you, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye now. <laughs>